This week on Nine Works Radio, we take a deep dive into the 992. Nine Works Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, taking you closer than ever to the world's finest sports cars and the culture and history behind them. The show is brought to you by nineworks.co.uk, the innovative online platform for Porsche enthusiasts, hosted by Porsche journalist Lee Sibley and 993 owner and engineer Andy Brooks, with special input from friends and experts around the industry, including you, our valued listeners. Andy, Max, how you doing? What's up? <laughs> how, how are we? Right? Good. All stellar here. Thanks, chaps. Another week, another awesome episode of Nine Radio in the offing. We're about to be joined by quite a lot of people. I think this is it's going to be recorded remotely via Zoom. I think yeah. I'm right in saying this is the biggest remote conversation we're going to I, have. I can't say I'm looking forward to editing this. <laughs> oh god yeah yeah it's gonna be a busy screen <laughs> oh bless you mate yeah it yeah, is yeah. it is we are um we are going to be doing a 992 deep dive this episode so fully focusing on the eighth generation of 911 with the help of the 992 register slash chapter of porsche club gb so real yeah. world owners to add meat to the bones of whatever gump we're gonna say <laughs> yeah yeah well it's, it, i mean we talk a lot about 992s in the past haven't we and it's all really sort of conjecture and uh, what our opinions are so it's going to be quite interesting to hear what real world real world um life is like with a 992 yeah yeah absolutely you know you can't yeah. beat that real world experience yeah definitely definitely Andy, you've read somewhere that there are 32 different variants of 992. I have. Which is a ludicrous. I can't remember if I listened or read. Yeah, but 32 variants. Wowzers. That is a lot. That is a lot. I'd counted 27 myself because I was going to ask you guys. That is a question to open. It's a bit of a, a bit of a quiz. So I'd counted 27. And so to me, that's quite a difference, 27 to 32. So I wonder if that includes uh, maybe like country-specific models, like in Belgium with the Jackie X edition 992, for example. Yeah, it could do. And up-and-coming 992s, you've got the ST coming and stuff like that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There There are 26 currently showing on the online configurator what isn't shown is the target heritage design edition and i can't recall any other 992s that were released and have kind of been taken down from public display on the main porsche site so if anyone can think of any others that would might make up to that 32 i'd be really interested to know but like i say excluding the um peripheral special editions like the the, yeah, the jackie yeah. x thing which is I think we can all say, you know, like a, a 4S with a plaque. So, it, you know, it is different, but it, it's not a different model per yeah, se. Yeah. There's not anything unique about the drivetrain, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in, we're up to 27. In That's the States, crazy. there's been a special edition, hasn't there, as well as a light blue thing. Yes. I can't remember what that was, but... But yeah, so maybe it is those. those yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah that was um, yeah with like the white multi-spoke wheels. That's wasn't right. It? Yeah, you that's know? the one. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember what that was for, but funny looking thing. 
Yeah, that's a bit like I, that. Uh, quite bo- liked it. Is it the Boxster? <laughs> yes, it the is. Ruby Star Boxster with white white wheels and white graphics down the side. Yeah, uh, that is a bit of you in actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you can get a carbon weave finish on the hood. <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't fit my ego in a box to even the roof down <laughs> so, yeah yeah very cool but yeah there, there is a lot out there and i think it shows and it's kind of as i've said before on this podcast and elsewhere that you know walking into a dealership and saying i want a 911 is is like walking into a shop and saying i'd like a t-shirt because there are so many different parameters do you, do you know what i mean and, and yeah. there are so many different things that make up what is a is a 911 which is brilliant it really does go to show there is a 911 out there for everybody there is a porsche out there for everybody as well of course yeah 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 absolutely shows the um you know the brilliance of the base platform doesn't it you know all the sort of different feeling cars that you can get from it yeah yeah and you know the, the three of us i think we're kind of quite open in our uh, enthusiasm for the base model 992 is just so fantastic out of the box um it's all the 911 that you need these days uh, again as we've said before i feel like as the 911 has evolved and certainly by the time we've arrived at 992 an accusation that's often levied at the car is it's too grand tour and not enough sports car mm. but i actually feel like it's such a good all-rounder now it's almost like um it's not that the it's that we're the wrong fit for the car, if that makes sense, particularly in this country, you know, and, and 911s are built from mainland Europe where they can go on everything from a mountain pass to the autobahn and everything in between yeah. here. We don't have autobahns. 70 is the maximum we can do on a motorway. Our roads are heavily congested. Don't get me wrong. Um, and we're not exactly blessed with a plethora of switchback mountain passes. Not really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's kind of, it's difficult. It's, you know, we've always had that, I, I suppose. But um, I think earlier in the year when I went to Norway and drove that lovely Fjord Green C4S, and it, there's a video of it on Nineworks TV, that just showed itself to be such a brilliant all-round car. It had every tool in the toolbox, really. So all these different, uh, like, facets of driving and, and, and lifestyle. It just absolutely blitzed all of them with aplomb. Yeah. which 911s evolved perhaps weren't as able to do so it um, you know that was the perfect environment for that car because we happened to be nearby to one of the most breathtaking roads in europe and the car more than stood up to it but you know for it for everything else yeah i don't know it's kind of it, yeah. the, the prowess of the car could be a bit lost according to the environment in my opinion anyway so do, do you know what i mean it's not that the car is too good it's just that we live in the wrong place to really exploit absolutely every single facet of what a 992's dna can really offer yeah yeah no i think you, yeah that's true you know because people say it's uh aloof or not which this i really hate this not 911 enough and um yeah maybe that's because it's difficult to tap into that uh on a typical uk congested poorly surfaced a road yeah um or b yeah. road even yeah um, i think that's probably fair to say yeah so we will uh deep dive into the 992 and learn all about it again this is this is real world reports which is so good for just like intel and whatnot and it's completely unfiltered you know as this podcast always is 
to be fair, but um, it's coming from the horse's mouth for the people that have quite literally put their money where their mouth is. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, shall we bring on the Porsche Club GB 992 chapter? Absolutely. Here they come. Oh my God. How many? <laughs> <laughs> right then. This is going to be a brilliant episode of Nine Works Radio because Andy, Max and I are joined by 24, is it other members from the 992 uh, No, that includes us. Right. Okay. So 21 members of the 992 register uh, that belong, of course, to the Porsche Club Great, Great Britain. It's going to be a really awesome conversation involving the eighth generation 911 and absolutely all of the culture and science and technology and everything else that goes around it. I'd like to invite Mark Bridger uh, to have a bit of a chat, first of all, if you if you wouldn't mind, Mark, and, and maybe just explain a little bit about the 992 register and, and what you guys have been up to in the last year since since you and I last spoke. Yeah, fantastically, and and great to see you, uh, Andy and Max, and uh, and of course the rest of the nine nine two membership that we've got on the call. It was a great idea for us to to try and get together again. I think you know from from our perspective as a register, we've got some three hundred and eighty members spread across the UK. That's different from a region uh, in Porsche Club terms, which will cover a county or two. This is very much all nine nine two members across the UK. So for us, it's about a real focus on the the 992 generation. Everybody's an owner, uh, and therefore, from our perspective, there's a a real excitement around this specific uh, make and model. So for us, uh, we've had a number of events. Uh, This is the first podcast or anything like this that we've got involved in in 2022. I know it's getting towards the end of the year, but uh, everybody's excited about this one. So um, over to you guys. Amazing. Well, how, how many numbers have you got, uh, Mark, roughly speaking, in the 992 register? Yeah, there's about 380 at the moment. Uh, it's heading towards 400. So uh, there's a fair number of us. I think we've got some 20 of us on the call tonight. But uh, uh, yeah, there's 380 in total. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So like I say, like strong, strong, strong enthusiasm for the latest generation of 911s. So I think the plan for certainly this episode of the podcast is to, as I said, dive into all facets of that. And and as we've just spoken before we press the red button to record that we very much invite everybody to join in with this and, and make this a real kind of conversation. Uh, rather than just a, a direct Q&A. Uh, however, I would like to start overall with some uh, kind of uh, some questions so we just get a bit of a straw poll. Really, we want to just give listeners a bit of a flavour as to where everybody joining this call today is kind of at in in their um, ownership story with the 992, really. Um, so it's just five kind of quick questions, and, and Max is going to tally the numbers there out of 21. So first of all, uh, the three of us would like to know, maybe just raise your hand if if this applies to you. Um, is your current 992 your first 911? Okay, if you wouldn't mind just keeping them raised for a little bit while Max tries to do some quick maths. <laughs> uh, some people's um, oh, video just appeared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent. The got my sweat numbers pouring there down from, Max's face. Folk, I can, I can see. <laughs> you can put your hand up virtually as well if any you've got any um, Zuma files here and you want to be, you know, using. The you're too clever, Max. You're too clever. How do you do that? I'm not sure, but uh, I'm sure some people know. <laughs> but I've got that. Got that, Lee. Oh, Amazing. Nigel Hepworth knows. Well yeah, done, Nigel. Nigel hey, there is, we go, yeah, Nigel. Leading in. the way. <laughs> so, uh, Max, out of uh, 21 992 owners, how many? Uh, is this their first 911? I've got seven there. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, 
Nice. They're really good. Okay, well, that leads A third on. of our cohort this evening. Oh, look at that. Quick maths. <laughs> Boom. It's a, uh, a sub-question of that, how many people have owned Porsches before? You know, of those seven, how many have owned Porsches before? Okay, I think that's five, is it? Pretty strong. Yeah. Pretty strong. Yeah. Okay, so that, we'll call that 1B then, Andy. Uh, so we'll go for yeah. question <laughs> Sorry, two. <laughs> no, it's grand. It's grand. It's all good. Uh, question two, uh, is your 992 your daily driver? For the benefit of listeners at home, we've again got Max scribbling away. He's doing a grand job, isn't he? He looks, he looks quite intense up there. I've got five. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a game show. Five daily drivers. Uh, interesting uh, interjection from Nigel Town, who's uh, written, some of us are still waiting for our 992. Yeah, that I was absolutely yeah. fine, Nigel, and we will absolutely come on to that. I'm sure that'll be <laughs> part of what we're, what we're going to be talking about. But yeah, thanks for, for letting us know on that. So Max, you're, you're, you're calling the gang there for I numbers. I got five with that, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm on the generation game. Yeah, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Okay, so five, five daily drivers. So um in the main probably more of a, a sunday driver or high days and holidays then from the group so far uh, question three have any of our 992 owners in the group uh have they owned or do they also own a classic porsche wow interesting very interesting very i don't interesting. see one there was there one no 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 very interesting okay then ah nigel oh, aspiring to <laughs> <laughs> very good very good you uh, and me both nigel question four and this might seem like a loaded question off the back of that but uh question four is do you believe the 992 is or represents peak 911 11 definitely 11 definitely half of us definitely half nice james james bullen did a, a weird sort of like he was trying to bid on something but didn't it, really want to show that he was bidding Jim's on collecting cars. Jim's on collecting cars. He's just bought something. <laughs> okay, so that says yeah, about about half. That'd be something to come back to 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 discuss maybe with the people that didn't think that. Like, why really? Um, the last question we got on our kind of quick fire, semi-quick fire, this is uh straw poll, is uh, and this relates to what Nigel said. Has anyone got a 992 on order? Three, including um other Nigel. Yeah. Three. Okay. So yeah, most, so most people have them then obviously we, we, we will discuss deliveries because it kind of seems to be a constant, constant thing when on on twos, but that's, yeah, with our kind of basic five questions there to just kind of understand a little bit about you guys and girls, that's, that's quite interesting really. Um, I would definitely like to just go back to, and this is so long as Max and Andy are okay with it. Question four, where we said, uh, it, do you believe 992 is peak 911? I was kind of expecting everybody to say yes, uh, particularly off the bat. There was only, I think, was it five, Max, that were the classic? Five daily. Oh. Uh, five classic owners or have owned one? The numbers were quite low on that for question three. Oh, on, no, none on the classics. Right, yeah. okay, we yeah. Had okay, a couple, my... We had some as well. We've got a, a classic Fiat 500 yes. from Martin. Yeah, but not a, not a classic 911. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's yeah, so that's it adds more weight, uh, more meat to the bones. Then really, for for kind of where I'd like to just dive into, and for those that that maybe are of the opinion it's not peak 911, like maybe why why they think that is. Um, please introduce I, yourself. Uh, sorry, Tim Tim Rice. I'm uh, hi Tim. This is my my fifth 911. I, I suppose my answer to your question: Have I have I owned a classic? Yeah, if I kept the old portions I had, most of them would be classic by now. <laughs> um 
but I'd, I'd probably, as a driver's car, I'd probably go back to a pre-turbo. So a 9911 is the ideal car for me. It's not so nice inside, but I think it's a better driving experience. And I've got sort of vague concerns about the quality getting worse. Um, you know, I've had more problems in later cars than newer cars. Um, for, but, yeah, I, I think I prefer the non-turbo, either a 997 or a 9911. Um, but it's more an emotional thing than a rational thing. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And and so is your nine eleven a uh, a daily driver then, Tim? Well, it is. But my, you know, I sort of work part time from the office that's at home, so I'm not commuting in it. Um, yeah. But it's my main form of transport. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Very oh. very interesting. So. Um, I think you kind of alluded to it in what you've just said, but like your your decision to kind of purchase a nine nine two, then you, you're saying that it's like a a rational decision, perhaps rather than an emotional one. Yes, the emotional side of my life has been dealt with by buying a Morgan three wheeler. <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> That's right. wicked. Yeah, yeah. Emotional okay. or, or psychotic or whatever. <laughs> um, Which the, one? The I really fancy one. The um, the five speed air cooled. The V-twin. Fantastic. So that, yeah, that provides the fun. Um, I mean, the 911 is fantastic for long distance journeys. I, I did a, a factory visit this year and went all around Europe. It's great for that. It's perhaps less fun blasting around the Cotswolds. It's still fun, but it's probably less fun than the one of the sportier cars. Yeah. Was the, was the 991.1, Tim, was that the, the 911 that you went from into the 992? No, I had a 9912 immediately before. So I've had, I had a G series, two nine six fours, a nine nine one two, um, and nine nine two. Ah. So when when you went into the nine nine one point two, was that change to the uh turbocharged motor, the three liter, was that immediately something where you thought, oh that's now that's not quite as emotive or exhilarating or or whatever the feeling is experienced as the as, as the previous car? It was certainly um yeah, it was certainly yeah, faster, um, but sort of yeah, less fun. You know, you didn't really need to rev it to seven, eight thousand um, compared with it it, it. it followed a Cayman rather than a nine eleven, but but the yeah, same logic. Three point four liter, yeah. um, normally aspirated. Yeah, I wonder if uh, if anyone else from the group and and thanks for that by the way, Tim. I appreciate, it. especially you being the first to step up to the Oki, Really, <laughs> well, I thought that. someone should absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, thank you for leading by example. And uh, yeah, I just wondered if, if anyone else in the group has got anything to 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 add to that in in any way, really. Hello, uh, Ian Wilson here. Um, I've got recently obtained a nine nine two GT three Touring, and um, when you're asking about peak car my previous car was the 991 generation 2 gt3 and i think the touring is a much better car in terms of sort of like the features and smoothness and and how it operates but i think the actual build quality is not as good as what the 991 generation 2 car was wow okay that's that's super interesting yeah particularly from um, my experience and the the launch that i uh remember this most from i went on a um the 992 cabriolet launch and porsche obviously they they wheel out all the big guns for your international launch uh frank volleser was there he was head of the 911 line at the time and and porsche was going really big on and really trying to drill into us as journalists 
the build quality on these cars and how the 992 was particularly in terms of haptics on the inside was a real step on from the 991.2 it's it's the, it's the thing that i remember most coming away from was like they've really really stepped up the build quality and, yeah. and there have been a few kind of comments so far today where people said oh, that might not be the case which is quite interesting because mm. you guys are, are the the real world acid test here so it really is your opinion that counts you know well i mean our car's only done uh 1400 miles it's already had to have new front discs and front pads put on it in that space of time because there was a, a problem with them and um it's been back because of like squeaks and rattles and that sort of thing whereas we've had the two previous gt3 991s generation one and generation two they never went back and i mean the reputation the 991 generation one car had and it never went back for anything the generation two car never went back for anything other than servicing Mm, yeah that's most interesting Uh, in in terms of uh, performance and and dynamics how do you rate the 992 touring versus the 991.2 touring it's a a lot more refined car for road use and that sort of thing and um you can use it far more just like an everyday car to be honest and and the inside finish on it has got the um like the exclusive trim on it and it's, it's lovely inside and so it's a complete change from the other cars but we were just disappointed sort of like at home you haven't had it like a month or so and you've got to have the front discs and pads changed on it it wasn't off to a flying start no. but the rest of the car is brilliant um i just seen a question from james bullen um towards you there ian um he asks were the brakes steel or ceramics just out of interest they're steel yeah. the pads actually stuck on the car um been used it went in the garage and somehow or other the pads locked on and they couldn't shift it and in the end porsche obviously went back to the dealers and they fitted new pads and new discs to it and since then it's been fine but it's disappointing on a car that was only like a month or so old yeah that so is interesting. What do what do people think? And I wonder, Lee, if some of what Porsche were trying to get at on that launch was the interior architecture, you know, the knurled metal sort of um, rocker switches and that sort of thing, which was quite a big change from the plastic buttons on the tower on the 991, you know, which are, which are quite nice, but they're plastic versus metal. Is it that sort of perception of quality and the, and the um, you know, the sort of look and feel of things that they were really getting at? It was, it was, it was the perception of quality is an interesting, uh, interesting sentiment there, Max. No, I mean, it maybe was a little bit of that, but it was really, they were just saying like, you know, how well screwed together these cars were. But actually after, um, what Ian was saying there as well, actually, I remember having a, a 992 GT3 press car, uh, for a few days and did a lot of miles in that up and down the country. And I, I remember a rattle within the door card on that car and it was extremely annoying particularly i was trying to record a piece to camera for a video and i couldn't because there was this like just constant rattle going on from the door card and i was trying all sorts trying to like press some body weight into like different (laughs) areas of the door card to try and find the rattle and stop it so i could record this piece to camera um but uh yeah i was told that that's that's kind of not um not common occurrence but it's it's yeah it's not unusual so it was quite it was quite interesting but i mean like particularly with the cabriolet and and actually this is where the cabriolet really was fantastic actually was in terms of eliminating rolling tire noise which the 911 has always be too strong to call it the an achilles heel of, of the car but just you know 
there's a lot of weight over the back and the, the rear tires are massive on a 911. So rolling tire noise is always more pronounced in 911 than others. It's absolutely terrible on my 996. But in the, in the 992 Cabriolet with the roof up, it was, it was like near silent when, when cruising at, you know, motorway speeds, 50, 60, 70 mile an hour, which was really impressive. I have to say really mm. impressive and, and was kind of part of what Porsche was trying to get at and kind of just a bit of an uptick of refinement, you know? How many Cabriolet owners have we got here tonight? I see one. Oh, there was a little flash of a hand there from iPad 3. <laughs> and Nigel, Nigel Hepworth as well. And Dave. Yeah, yeah super. And how do you find the, uh, how do you find the cabs? Anybody want to pass comment? Yeah, can I say how I find it? Can you hear me? You can. Hello, Dave. Go for okay, it. Okay, hi. Yeah, so um yes, yeah, my my first Porsche, my first 911, my first new car actually. Wow. Um, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Fantastic. So, um I've yeah, I actually um test drove the coupe and the cabriolet back to back. Yeah. before deciding to go for the cab. I'm a kind of an open air sort of guy, I like being outdoors. And I wanted the cab, but I didn't want a noisy cab. And I was amazed driving them literally back to back demonstrators. There was very little difference in noise in the cab with the roof up than the coupe. Well, it really backs up on what uh, Lee yeah, was that saying. That really did influence my decision to go for the cab. Excellent. Um, interesting as well. Susan's just put on the chat a lightweight package. You can't hear anything. I mean, that's. <laughs> what that's does that great. mean? You can't hear yourself think? Or. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, SB as well says the 992 is much more modern inside, but like many other cars uh, in the Volkswagen group, the interior feels it is built more to a price rather than a certain quality level. Uh, not criticism, just an observation. The same is true of Audi and VW cars. Yeah, I kind of get that as well. I think a bugbear of mine that was maybe from the 991.2 was, you know, the mode wheel that hangs off the steering wheel that you used to flip between Sport, Sport Plus, wet mode and, and whatnot in the 992. Maybe not so much in 992, but certainly 991. I love the idea of it carrying over from the 918, but I remember that mode wheel kind of just feeling a little bit un-Porsche like in the way it rotated and the you know the the use of material just plastic, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of maybe a bit of an example of VW creep. But um I'd like to to spin this around. And so you we, the three of us owners or, or co-hosts here at Nine Watch Radio, none of us are nine on two owners. So I'd love for somebody to interject now and say, right, Lee and Andy and Max, why don't you own a nine nine two? Here's why you should own a nine nine two. I feel like I need to be enlightened here. <laughs> He's gonna step forward. No, I think I'll stick with my 993 then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, I'll give it a crack. It's Mark here. Um, Hello, Mark. It's, it's, it's my first 911. Um, I, I'd looked at 911s for many years. For me, the, the interior of the 992, the wide body shape um, across all of them, was just for me just too alluring. The, the interior, I think, is a massive step forward. Having never owned them before, and there's plenty of people on this call who have owned 991s and, and previous versions, the 992 interior for me and the, the quality, because I haven't had any issues at all. My car's two years old. The, the push that I've never experienced in any other car than my 992 rather than a pull with a push from the, the engine in the back rather than being pulled from the engine in the front 
just a unique experience and for me the 992's got it all yeah fantastic yeah i mean the engine in the 992 really is quite spectacular there was a lot of uh again uproar might be too strong but uh interest shall we say when when porsche switched to turbocharging for the 991.2 uh, as tim rightly pointed out earlier on but that really is such a fantastic engine of it has characteristics of naturally aspirated in the way it's very happy to rev out it's not like a, a genuine 911 turbo where you've just got that huge power band between one and a half and four and a half grand um that's just like you say this almighty shunt and and that's it, it I, I feel like the the turbocharged carrera engine the 982 evo flat six has a lot of character built in and like i say really does kind of reward you for swinging that needle around the taco um and exploring the upper, upper echelons of of the rev range there that really is quite spectacular and of course it does have a a nice soundtrack the the 911 turbo of old was uh often criticized for being a bit too quiet whether these turbocharged carreras have got a lovely soundtrack to them as well yeah yeah i mean i'll now my close to the mass. I'm a 992 fan, uh, you know, a big fan. I'd, uh, I'm an, uh, you know, aspirational 992 owner. I've driven two, one that really sticks. What have sticks you driven, in... Max? Uh, I've driven a C4S cab, yeah, um, which I drove at Porsche Experience Centre. Uh, but the one that really sticks in my mind is one that probably everyone would have seen because it was a press car. It was the the first C2S press car, the white one, um, which went through various different colours of wheels, if people remember. I think all the different colours in the time that it went round the press. It was it was a quite a different spec to the cab that I drove because it had the sport chassis and rear axle steer, whereas the four cab that I drove didn't. Um, I drove the f four on track, the two S on the roads around Buckinghamshire. I was with Lee one day, and I can tell you what that car had an immediate made an immediate impression on me, and it, I still think about it now. I loved it. I thought it's brilliant um so yeah ever since then i've thought that i i, I would like one and I, and i one of the things that doesn't stick in my mind was the motor being a negative you know lots of people say they don't like the turbocharged three liter they like the you know the, the three eight the normally aspirated and i've got that in my 991 now i owned a 997.1 at the time when i drove that 992 so that was an interesting contrast uh but i don't remember i i remember enjoying the motor and thinking it sounded good not mm. at any point did I think, probably because I was going really quite quickly and I was concentrating on the road ahead. Not at any point did I think, oh, yeah, I'm not sure about this motor. It's not so emotive. I loved it, I've got to say. Very good, very good. There was uh, Martin Davis, I think, wanted to say something. I saw a raised hand, so dive Hi into there. that. Hi, yeah, Martin, Hi, Martin. Davis uh, from Cheshire, uh, Region 5 of Porsche Club. I um, I went from a 991 Gen 1 Carrera 2S, and uh, I was lucky enough to have the first Carrera 2S at Wilmslow had um, when they bought the 992 out. And uh, for me, I think the interesting thing with the 992, probably more than a lot of the other Porsches I've seen, is there's something for everybody. And I I'm sad to say, because I'm, a, I'm a, a big Porsche fan, I, I was disappointed by the 992 Carrera 2S, the one I had, um, in as much I came from a car that didn't my one anyway didn't seem to have the same same feel um and so I'm, i moved on to a gt4 cayman um and now i'm in a gt3 and the experience of the gt3 is totally different and you know you've got that uh, visceral feeling and uh it's 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 a different experience for me it's a a weekend car track day car doing with my wife 
things like that and out on drives. So the GT3 gives you that get inside the car and it feels exciting. Whereas my my eldest daughter works for Bentley and occasionally gets to get, get to go for a play in a Continental or something like that. And the, and the Carrera 2S was a really capable car. So don't get me wrong. I think it's a brilliant car. I think it drives really well. It's fast. It's incredibly comfortable. Um, but it just feels a little bit like a Bentley to me, more than a, than a Porsche should feel. And maybe that's that sort of the width of the car and the, the comfort inside. It, it was a very comfortable car, very capable, but just didn't get me excited. Whereas the GT3, for me, is a different level. It's a, it's much more of a, an experience. and. Uh, so that's that's my view and my take on it. That's really interesting, Martin. And I have to admit, it's something I've wondered myself. Because if I think back to the experience in the C in the C4S cab that I drove, I can't actually remember a busting lot about the experience of, of that. Whereas the C2S was quite a visceral experience, and they were opposite ends of the spec scale. You mm. say there's a you know there's something for everyone with 992, and mm. I wonder if it's maybe a more spec sensitive. 911 yeah. than previous cars. I think um, the other thing with the 992 that uh, I, I quite like the design. I like the design dashboard, and particularly in the GT3, you've not got that re- like an electric razor gear knob. You've got a proper. Pro- I've got a PDK this time rather than manual because I'm uh, I'm a bit of, more of a novice on a track day, so I think PDK is a better option for that. But um, it it certainly is is a bit easier from that point of view. But on the other side, compared to the 991. One uh, and the GT4. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, I, the other week I was on a track day, and all of a sudden I got a thing come up on the screen saying I've got an up, a map update going on, and <laughs> it's stuff That's like a bit that. scary. <laughs> it, it, it's stuff like that that you know it distracts you and takes you, you know, just catches your attention when when you're in a car like that. You don't you don't want that. And perhaps yeah. the GT4 was better. The GT4 didn't have any buttons on the steering wheel at all. Whereas yeah, it's, it's quite green, analog, isn't it? The GT4. Yeah. I'm hoping, Martin, that was a map update to the car, not to the circuit. So the car yeah, was going to go. <laughs> yeah. the car. There used to be a chicane here. <laughs> <laughs> there was a map update on the car, but it's like, why Why has that come up now? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Strange. Disconcerting. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> but, but to answer the question you said earlier, I, I do believe there is something for everybody, and it depends yeah. what kind of 992 you want. And it, is it is it the the pinnacle? Well, it's the pinnacle at the moment because Porsche have evolved the car to what it is, and the performance the car can put down is like nothing before. Yeah. And uh, you know, Porsche are very good at moving it on. And uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want a McLaren or anything else for me. Uh, you know, GT3 was my dream car when they came out in the late nineties. I wanted one, and I've I've played the game with Porsche and worked hard and on my relationship to be lucky enough to get a GT3. But uh, it's everything I hoped it would be. You know, there's, there's always going to be a bit of a compromise. Um, but, uh, you know, compared to my, I've got a Golf R as my daily driver for work. And, uh, it, it, you know, that's an exciting car to drive. And the GT3 is an exciting car to drive. But it moves it on another level. And that's I've got great. Fiat 500, which is right on the other, <laughs> other extreme with all 18 horsepower. And it'll do 55 flat out. <laughs> with no <laughs> map updates as well okay. no ra- it's not got radio <laughs> perfect <laughs> uh just that uh, i know james bullen wants to say something but we've uh had something uh, a message from uh, marie mccann it says 992 all the way uh, my wife had her back broken at work and not only can we put her chair in the back we're having it fit with a second throttle pedal so she can experience it from the other driver's seat too 
which is excellent I'm, like with my nine on six i know you'd, you'd struggle to get much in the back really so i suppose you know in terms of the size of the car and getting a bit bigger that that's that's a great thing as well you know so uh, james bullen evening guys hello james hey andy i think i was probably going to expand a bit on from my experiences on on what martin's just said and for me, there's a couple of points, really, when it comes to 992s. I've had a couple now, and I've had more than a couple 991s. So <laughs> I feel like that bridge between the generations, I can judge fairly well. And for most people that I've spoken to that have come out of that platform into the 992, and certainly my feeling is that there's there's two things. One is a lower level of, of driver engagement in the 992. And the second is this intervention. Now, Martin's example is pretty extreme there with the map update, which would be ridiculous while on track. But but there are many instances of that if you're dailying a 992, such as adapt your driving style, which is a regular one that any 992 owner on this call will have seen. And for me, that's unforgivable. <laughs> that is not why you buy a 911 to be told to adapt your driving style. But I mean, it, there, there are many more. Um, and we have a quick straw poll has anybody else had that or is james bullen the only driver that drives like a dick (laughs) (laughs) those those two subjects are not uh entirely independent by the way andy (laughs) i think it was telling them to go faster andy yeah maybe it was maybe it It probably was max yeah but no (laughs) but the the point is that's one of many messages many messages that crop up on your dashboard yeah. And I think that's 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 that kind of digital intervention is 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 very typical of these cars. Now, all that being I think said, that's, that's pretty much all cars now, isn't it? I don't think it is actually. I mean, no, I, don't, I, I, I don't think necessarily the case in in other sports car brands that you are given that level of information. But uh, yeah, I guess but, I'm thinking of other yeah more normal cars. Yeah, but okay. but, but but the point is they are incredibly well built, super quick. You know, this is this is a 911 that takes kind of out of the box performance to another level. I think Lee, you've said it many, many times. For you, the 992 to buy is is the bog standard one because it does enough. It does more than enough, and I think that's probably true. You know, it's it's an incredibly capable car, even as the basic spec. Well, I, it was, and then the T come along, James, and uh, and now I think that's the the, the one for me personally. Mm. But ev- everybody's different. Um, Susan, yes. I saw you had a hand raised there. If, if you'd like to say anything, actually, I was just going to say the one thing that comes up most of all on the car is limited visibility, and I think it's pretty obvious if you're driving it that you can't quite see everything you need to see so i don't know whether i need a warning to know the visibility is limited <laughs> is that what comes up that's what it tells you on the dash oh, oh my really? god that's crazy it comes up all the time on the dash limited wow. visibility uh, sensors uh, are dirty please watch where you're going well i think we're doing that <laughs> sensors oh. are dirty does it say the car needs washing as well Susan? please wash the car <laughs> I, I, is, is that an offer to come around and wash the car absolutely <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing again i remember with the press card i don't know if it was like um it couldn't surely it couldn't have been like a leap but something had like blown across the road and then like the like braking system kicked in and basically tried like breaking the car for me i was driving along at like 
comfortably less than 30 mile an hour it was quite a built up area and then all of a sudden it was you know the car was pretty much on the anchors and i hadn't touched anything it yeah. caused panic for me because i was like whoa what's going whoa, on yeah. And, uh, yeah yeah just again another example of maybe systems being a little bit oversensitive but i think ultimately there are where these systems are quite kind of young ultimately in terms of the evolution of the vehicle there are parts of the 992 that are i think really good and, and worthwhile um evolutions of technology one is the map based uh, front axle lift i think that's absolutely brilliant whereby it learns where the bumps are and will raise up and lower down for you there's a it's lot of nodding heads there yeah definitely i think that's such a kind of a fantastic thing particularly you know the old saying of uh cold engine cold mines so you're leaving your house and you forget that bumps there and before you know it you need a new front splitter or whatever yeah. even though you've got a front lift kit fit to the car you know that is absolutely brilliant it has to be said so that's an example of like a a positive use and introduction of uh that additional technology i think on on the 911 compared to the gt4 especially because uh the gt4 didn't have a have a lift and mine was uh nicely grazed underneath but uh <laughs> with the uh with the memory thing on it you just when you drive in it remembers and you just go on your driveway it's fantastic it, i think intrigued to ask because i live in london and go over lots and lots of speed bumps but i've never ever found that i've needed a, an axle lift when, when do you guys use them on my driveway <laughs> okay oh, we don't have driveways in london nobody can afford those <laughs> and, and car ferries it's quite good on the car ferry you get a better slot on the car ferry okay uh, other question i was going to ask on things like um on some of the options you can have because of course we all know that just how expensive it is to uh, to spec up with the options things like hmm. rear wheel steering i'd love to know because i got this is my second 992 that i've just got and i didn't go for the rear wheel rear axle steering because the, the dealership said don't bother with it but i'd love to know what people actually think about it any yeah any real world owners want to dive in with their intel yeah, okay i've got rear wheel steering on mine and i did a big european tour back in july we did something like 35 um alpine and dolomite um uh ascents and rear wheel steering you could really feel it you can just it just you know you can throw your car around at whatever speed whether it's a slow um turn or a fast turn and, and on the hairpin bends whether it's a slow hairpin or a fast hairpin but particularly the slow hairpins with the rear wheel steering it just takes you around there in a phenomenal way it's yeah i was very I didn't know whether to spec it or not. I thought it was a bit of a gimmick, and I did, but so pleased I did. Wow, okay. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I think just yeah, from, from from what I found with, um, and I know we spoke about this when we did uh, a Q&A evening, I think a year ago, and, and the, the question on rear axle steering came up, which is really interesting. It, it shows because the technology has been around maybe for nearly 10 years now on 911s. I think it was the 991.1 GT3 was the, the first to utilise it standard spec on that car of course um so it's interesting it's that people still kind of aren't aren't sure and, and and if they can feel it i think dave what you've said is is pretty much bang on and to kind of uh a, a, a synopsis in in less words i think for me is low speed dexterity and high speed stability i think is what it brings to the the 911 platform and is particularly worthwhile as the the 911 in terms of uh, length and what footprint really 
gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And and I think maybe the guys and girls that uh, that used it as a daily would would find it of as much use and, and benefit to someone that would have the car exclusively reserved for fast road or track use. You know, it really is at both ends of the scale there. It's, it's a brilliant bit of kit. Yeah. I've driven two 911s with rear axis steel. One was that white um, 992. The other was a 991 GT3. Both times I was really impressed with the agility of the car um you know the c4s that i drove didn't didn't have it 992 c4s and that's the agility isn't one of the things that sticks in my mind so i feel from my limited experience that if i had the opportunity to order a 992 i would put a rear axle steer on it um but i have you know i've asked a few people i spoke to you know friend friend of the pod carl fortune about it he's you know a bit come see come sarah about it he thinks it's maybe just something that could cause problems in the future you know 10 20 years down the line something else that needs to be fixed um, ah, that's coming from a non one owner that's had to replace his active engine mount that's what that <laughs> is <Matt. laughs> it's quite interesting from my side because i asked both the dealership and i've used the same dealers Tewsbury, for, for a few cars and also when i did the um the experience day and and that was the feedback i got was broadly speaking i'd spend your money on other options and don't go for this so that's that's why I'm asking people in the real world that have actually got it. It's, it's much better to actually listen to you guys and find out um, what you think about it. Oh well, tough to be on the number three one then. <laughs> I've uh, got a 992 GTS that I've only had for three months. Uh, I had a 991 Gen 2 GTS before, and the guy, uh, one of the guys who used to do uh, Porsche club racing, he's got a 4S with uh, with it with uh, rear wheel steer. And he was the guy who convinced me that it was worth having, um, a, you know, serious racer. And uh, he, uh, I, I think it makes a massive difference. It's uh, getting around corners is so much easier. And he, he told me all this when we were driving around mid Wales once. And he said, it's just fantastic. Um, so I would, I would certainly recommend having it uh, to anyone. And uh, one of the, one of the best things about it, which probably is a bit unusual but um, the, uh, the the rear seat, or the, I should say, the passenger driver feels a lot safer in uh, in the car with it well planted with rear wheel steer. Don't ask me why, but uh, I've actually had a comment saying this feels really good. Um, it, it is a it is a four, it is a uh, four four wheel drive GTS, but uh, it, she seems to think it makes a difference. So. For that reason alone, it was money well spent. Safe <laughs> on the arguments. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. It, it'd be good to know, again, just from the group generally, and either just uh, unmute and, and, and voice up or put it in the comments, but what you think is an option that you absolutely cannot live without and also an option that you think is entirely superfluous just for anybody else that might be hovering around certain options on the uh, on the online configurator. I think from my experience, one of the key things to have is the dynamic headlights because the standard headlights, um, we've got the standard lights on my wife's McCann and you know, this light, night and day literally difference between them when you're driving. And I think even just moving to the dynamic headlights makes such a difference. And are they the ones, Ian, that um, will do like all the auto dimming for you? And, and what? Yeah, they're not the Matrix right. ones. We haven't got okay. the Matrix ones. We've just got the dynamic system on ours and i think that makes a real difference i'm surprised to be honest with you, like the gt3s they don't fit them the standard almost but uh, you have to add it as an extra as with a lot of things these days yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It, it is funny because Porsche has has there's there's been in a short space of time quite a lot of evolution in light technology. I remember the uh, like PDLS Plus system on the nine nine one dot one turbo s when it came out at a press car that had that on and and i found that to be uh less than brilliant shall we say and sometimes it wouldn't recognize when cars are coming in the other direction would end up full beam still blinding them down a country road etc um now it's uh, night and day you know as, as you said difference and, and is a lot more clever in just kind of certain parts of the light dimming down and whatnot so if it's just say a cyclist rather than a driver on the other side really really good and then um, what's kind of scary really is i think we can expect to see that kind of evolution uh continue going forward because porsche at, at vysac i think in the last year have started building uh, a facility purely just uh for lighting uh, an indoor facility I, i'll probably butcher the numbers now but a, a hall that's you know 200 meters long or whatever um, and they'll have like different uh props and different things in the way to like test lighting it's like purely just for that so i think where it's gonna go is just as interesting as where we've come from in the last 10 years with all of that any other like amazing options or uh, superfluous options as well from I'm our sure band of owners? Brian Small put his hand up. Brian. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Can you hear me? Well, I yeah. can. Hello. Hi. Um, well, I, I certainly am a big advocate of the um, front axle lift. I had a 9912 Carrera 4S for a couple of years, which I was using as my daily driver. And I, I found that useful all the time. I've now got a GT3 Touring, uh, and it's it's even more useful to that. Um, as I uh, come out of the Marks and Spencers fuel station and cross the down and up camber, if I don't use if I don't use the front lift, it, the the front just touches the uh, touches the road, and it's not a particularly vicious camber. But um, but I wouldn't recommend that anyone bought a 911 now without uh, having that certainly my experience with the um, four-wheel steer in the um, gt3 has been a bit the opposite of the previous speaker because they actually made a big thing of it when i was at the porsche experience center mm -hmm. showing me exactly what it was doing and um you know i think i i think it does do a uh, a, a, a a great job and uh, certainly after 4,000 miles with my GT3 Touring, uh, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, and um, and, and, and uh, apart from the fact that the rear spoiler has needed resetting, just a, an electronic reset, nothing's gone wrong and no rattles. Excellent. And, it, nice. and it, it's a great, it's a great driving experience. It is just uh absolutely amazing i thought the 9912 carrera 4s was fantastic and did about thirty thousand miles in it in two years uh and it was brilliant and i was a little bit worried that for everyday driving uh, I, I wouldn't like the gt3 i don't use it as much as i was using the 9912 but it's definitely not a garage queen uh it's um it, it, it's it's used used a fair bit and i guess it'll end up doing about Eight thousand miles a year. Excellent. Talk us through your Good spec line. What color is it? Mine is um, a gentian blue one. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, it was actually featured in uh, the Supercar Drivers magazine. If uh, 
if if anyone ever sees that. Ah, what colour wheels? It's just got the uh, the, the, the I, I won't use the technical word, but it's just got the usual sort of um, silver ones. But the yeah. blue looks fantastic with the yeah, uh, yeah. with the ceramics because the blue and yellow really really look good. Yeah, or I think I, I think it does. But then it's my car. <laughs> that's all that matters. PDK or manual, Brian? It's a PDK. I'm a racer and a tracker. I don't race horses. I race uh, historics now. I used to race Westfields. Yeah. But um, perfect and very fast gear changes are, 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 are worth a lot. I absolutely love it. I didn't. I actually bought the 9912 uh, Carrera 4S rather than a 992. Uh, just after retiring because I wanted a PDK and I thought that the little plastic button in the middle on the 992, ordinary 992, was rubbish. Um, and uh, uh, But um, on, on the GT3 and indeed on the 9912 with a proper lever, it's fantastic. Yeah. That sounds like a lovely car, Brian. <laughs> just yeah. diving into some That's... comments here and then we'll come to can Susan. I, can I, can oh, I go on, Susan. Yeah, of course can you can. I'm, I'm really interested to know what everyone is hoping for in the 992 Gen 2. Good question. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I just put everybody to silence. <laughs> <laughs> Probably delays in delivery to keep the values of the 992.1 up, I think. <laughs> it's got to be among the group. <laughs> what are you looking forward to, Susan? Well, I think that's uh, earlier in the chat, I said, I think this would be the last classic because it's going to have some kind of hybrid facility. So, you know, there's space underneath for a battery and yeah. it's pretty sure that that's going to come. That's going to make it go faster in a straight line. Um, and that'll be, does it not already go fast enough? I don't know whether it needs to go any faster than it already does. Indeed. Um, so I'm wondering whether anything would come in terms of its handling. I mean, we've got we've got rear axle steer, absolutely love it. It just sticks to the road. We, we're around North Yorkshire. We're on tight corners and hairpins and rough roads and all the rest of it. And it it's just has made such a difference having the rear axle steer. So I kind of can't imagine what the enhancements would look like. What would they do except playing around the edges and making it look prettier? Yeah. Sorry, Andy. I was just going to say, I tend to find that kind of Porsche flip-flops between the new generation, the new era, and 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 then kind of the, the sub-generations within that era. So when a new era of 911 is launched say when the 992 came out it's uh yeah aesthetics uh, of course but then there'll be some like chassis uh, improvements and whatever and then when it comes to the facelift that's when there'll tend to be an evolution in uh engine mm, and, and, and and gear yeah and, and, and drivetrain exactly that andy so i don't think actually dynamically for the gen 2 there'll be too much of a difference over what will become the nine on two gen one. I think it's all just going to be about that, that hybridization um, for the nine on two dot two. And certainly like on the interior and, and we've got, it's one of our most popular ever 
articles that we've got on the nine works website on the editorial section it's take a look inside the 992.2 and some of our spies had a look inside and um that that analog taco in the middle of the two screens is gone so it's just one screen now which i think is really sad because i i mean i, I love an analog nature i think a 911 is a real enthusiast car so those kind of points are quite important to to me as an enthusiast and I've said before, my quote is that that taco in the 992, I think, is one of the most beautiful in the 911 ever. And it's more timepiece than taco in the way it's in the way there's kind of a, a delicacy of its kind of appearance to me. And, and that's going to be a real shame to have that gone in, in favor of electric screens, which kind of is VW group creep, really, to kind of coin what, what somebody said earlier on in the chat. Yeah, I think you're right, probably, that hopefully the changes won't be too dramatic because with all the regulations and things changing, there's always going to be a risk the weight of the car is going to increase and they're going to get added added complications and whatever. I mean, one of the things that sort of has been forced on us these days is like with the electric handbrakes and all this sort of thing. And you just think, oh, what's going to be electrified next in terms of <laughs> what is it that people can't actually manage to do anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. There's um in, in the comments, actually, just in terms of the options as well, there were some some brilliant points made. So I just want to quickly go over that. Mm. Um, Mike McCann says 18-way seats, which, yeah, like we've spoken before on the podcast that kind of seat choice is often quite overlooked when specking new cars, not just necessarily Porsche, but any. And um, I, I think, yeah, the adjustability of those are, are brilliant myself. Uh, Tim Rice says, essential to me, RAS, uh, rear axle steer, uh, superfluous PSP, which I think will be power steering plus. Um, that's quite interesting. I quite like power steering plus, to be fair. I don't know what, what everybody else thinks on that. That that always seems to really split the room. I, uh, the reason it's there, it goes back to the previous comments about the uh, sort of just wanting less software between me and the car and you know less anything that takes the engagement away i mean i've got pdk and i probably wish i had manual because that's the engagement but that's the that's the reason for it yeah yeah interesting that okay. my wife suffers badly with arthritis in the shoulder and she wouldn't have to drive any of our porsches if they had if they had the power steering plus option deleted but we have when we have a courtesy car or a lane that when i was in for servicing she's stuffed she struggles to get it around the car box so it, I, I, I take your point about the connection the field but it, it, it's it, it, for me it's an essential option because it opens up that choice nigel yeah. nigel i totally agree with you yeah it's an interesting one power steering plus i when i was looking for my for a 991 i was looking i decided in my mind that I, on that car i didn't want it and the car that i bought hasn't got it uh our mccann also doesn't have it but if I replace that McCann with another McCann, which I'd like to do at some stage, I will definitely seek out power, power steering plus. And one of the reasons actually, Nigel, is the feedback from my other half, Mandy, she finds a McCann pretty weighty. Um, and, uh, and actually even, I do know what she means compared to our BMW. So yeah, I, I definitely seek it out on our, on our next McCann without a doubt. Does that mean you can't palm a car without? I love to palm. <laughs> You know what two, I mean? Two hands on the wheel, Andy. Yeah. Is there no palming without P PSP? <laughs> All right. You, you All right. can actually add it, can't you? You can retrofit it, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a software yeah. update. You just pop it in and they've got it done in 10 minutes. Really? Oh, yeah, well, I think... the, the PWIS system. 
Uh, okay. No need for a new McCann, Max. Bug, bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that quiet from Mandy. <laughs> no, that's really helpful, actually, because I'll be coming up. I've only got a couple of thousand miles until that's going to come up for its first service in the time that I've owned it. So it'll be going off to Porsche and to Silverstone for that. So I'll I'll inquire about that and perhaps I'll get that done um, whilst, uh, whilst it's in. Thank you, guys. Very good. Uh, SB says reverse camera is very good to include if you park in very tight car parks. I actually think a reverse camera is, is a great idea anyway. Personally, I don't know what the rest of you guys and girls think as 992 owners, to be honest. It's, uh, they're big old cars, aren't they? Especially if you've got yeah. a spoiler across the back of the middle window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Definitely. Just going back, Lee, to 992.2 mm-hmm. in terms of the hybridization what are you expecting for that from that you're expecting a really mild hybrid by which i mean no plug-in just a very you know just a very limited amount just to bring the co2 it's, down a little bit and that kind of thing it's like an electric um, turbo really isn't it yeah yeah I is think it, so. yeah yeah With, without knowing for sure then yeah um to be honest it, it, exactly that um It'll be here before we know it, to be honest with you. It'll be September next year, won't it, when it's when it's kind of officially revealed. So yeah. Lee, do you do you think they'll be um they'll they'll move perhaps some of the front suspension components from the GT3 to say the GTS and maybe the T moving forwards into the nine nine the, the Gen 2 cars? That, that I think suspension is amazing in the GT3, I think. I mean it is moved yeah, on. It, it it is. I don't. I I'd be very 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 surprised if that happens for the dot two. Um, I think if anything, it will be uh, the the nine eleven that follows, which I think is going to be nine nine four. I think from what somebody accidentally told me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think that will be the case. I mean, there's there's that, and the, the the other big thing, which is I don't know, everybody wants to happen would be engine wise to have the Cayman Boxster, so the seven one eight GTS four liter naturally aspirated engine in the back of a nine nine two. And I know Porsche has kind of said before that uh, you know it's not possible, but it's the same company that told us that uh, PDK will be the only transmission for GT threes going forward, and that there will never be uh, a motorsport engine in the back of a Cayman as well. So I kind of don't really believe it yeah, when they say that, yeah. you know. Yeah, I I thought if I thought about that enough, it would happen. But I thought I'm <laughs> willing it, it. Yeah, I was willing it to happen. But I thought if it was going to happen on any car, it would be the T. It would have um, been good, wouldn't it? Would have been really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But I guess okay. the T is still dot one, isn't it? So yes, could it be a yes. could it be a you know when you look back at all of the generations of um of 911s whenever it goes to a dot 2 there's actually been quite a big change in the actual engine so obviously yeah, yeah, on a 991 you've gone from the normally aspirated turbo uh 997s you've gone from the I can't remember what engine it was called the one that always used to blow up to the to the to the direct fuel injection so there's always been quite big steps in changes of engine type so could be a possibility maybe yeah yeah finger fingers crossed for, from what we've seen from kind of yeah spy shots on the on the nurburgring it all seems to be the turbocharged kind of carrera oh does it the greatest us. yeah the greatest shame but yeah we live in hope so if, if everybody can uh, susan uh, was up for a bit of four liter gts engine yes sorry yeah, that, susan. Yeah. that would be great <laughs> uh, it'd be great now we, we kind of covered the the spec side of things it'd be interesting to talk about delivery times um and delays and of course we we talk about this within um like the context of we're all very lucky and there's a lot going on in the world and uh, and whatnot but there of course there there have been these delays to to these cars so i'd like to know kind of if and how and why it has affected your ownership experience 
Nigel's got his head in his hands. I think he's got a story for us. So the pain of this story is that I'm running around in my son's Ibiza because I sold my Panny back in March because my 992 GTS was coming in April, then May, then June, July. And it was, I had to call the other day saying that it's now going to be the other side of Christmas. Oh, Okay. Nightmare. Yeah. I had, um, as a as a quick interjection, I had a call with a Belgian guy on Friday, and his son's expecting a uh, touring. He was meant to get it at summertime or just before the factory shut down. That was postponed, uh, an indefinite kind of lead time. And he was told last week that he's going to get his GT3 touring, I think, third week of March next year. Um, and the price has gone up by €20,000. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was went up as well. Um, but, yeah. What can you do, really? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Delivery times, Lee. Say, say that again, sorry, Andy. Delivery, delivery times and things. Yeah, and you know, and and it, how and if yours was affected, and by how much? Because I mean, we yeah. reported on Nineworks at the start of the year that there was the uh, the the ceasing of production due to the wiring looms being made in Ukraine. Then that was started up again. But we've also learned recently that Porsche is still really struggling with componentry, including said wiring looms, which is why some of these customers are kind of their delivery dates have been kind of punted back continuously so that there are obviously porsche isn't reporting on that publicly but there are clearly problems there for there, there are indeed i mean my uh my 992 gts took uh 50 weeks at the end of the day which was i thought was pretty good considering that a guy i know in our region had took, waited for 21 months for his turbo s um but uh there's definitely some uh, but the reason mine was delayed was i had the aero pack on it the, the wing on the back of it, um, which, which I think you can't even put on the configurator anymore. Um, but if you'd had it on the order, then you, you they'd stick with it. So I, I kind of knew it was going to be that sort of time frame. But I keep hearing stories of people waiting for take-hands for all sorts of things. And the times, uh, a guy with a, GT, uh, a GTS came and um, they were all coming October or before Christmas. And it's almost like routine that you're not getting to see anything before March. Perhaps it's worthwhile just giving uh, my detail. It's pretty up to date. Uh, I received my 992 Turbo on Friday. So I've owned it now. Ah, Congratulations, Michael. One, two, three, four days. Um, I ordered it on the 19th of June. 2021 i'll rephrase that i put my expressive interest in june 2021 and received it one year five months and one week later having gone through two price rises both in december and june which did take a little bit of the um uh uh excitement out of it because um, the price rises aren't 150 pounds a time they're on a turbo they're nearly five thousand pounds so um i didn't have uh, exhaustive funds and it was quite a struggle to raise the difference between what i'd spect originally um with that with not too many options um and uh, raise ten another ten thousand pounds people don't seem to talk about the price but i had to raise another ten thousand pound to get exactly the same car um, but nevertheless, I've now had it four days. 
turbo and gentian blue, I'm pleased to say. My wife chose the colour. Uh, everyone says it's a beautiful colour. And I can't really say I'm uh, excited with it um, because I've only driven it back from the dealership and to work today. But it's certainly a fabulous looking car. And as you're probably aware, that uh, the turbo has most of the options anyway. But I did uh, add uh, the Matrix headlights, which are fantastic, and the um, uh, front axle lift and a couple of other things. Uh, I'm very pleased with it so far, but four days of ownership, driving it only three days, perhaps I can't talk. But hmm. as I say, one year, five months and one week waiting and two price increases. Well, that is fabulous intel, Michael. So thanks for sharing that with us and, and all our listeners on the podcast. Lee, I, really... I, had, I had the flip side. Mine was delivered four and a half months early. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, that's... And um... even, went to, even through the price hike they did, because I'd ordered it previously, I didn't pay any extra money for it. That was, okay. Porsche, that was Porsche in Tewkesbury, and it came four and a half months early. And even though it was over the... So the 21 into 22, they kept the price the same? I had yeah. the same experience with, with Nottingham. Uh, for you know one year, they never changed the price. They said, your order is in, therefore they will stick to it. They, they even stuck to what, uh, what price they offered me for mine as well. The same happened with us in Porsche Glasgow. Um, I put my deposit down in Easter, and I don't want to sicken too many folk, but I got mine two weeks ago. So I've got a Gentian Blue Carrera 2S and Porsche Glasgow just kept the same price and the downtime, obviously delivery time, I, I knew I was lucky to get one, but going by everybody else, by jings, we haven't have been lucky. No, that is, yeah, that is great. That is great. Michael, I wonder with your experience, when the car was delivered and you, when you collected the car, uh, did that impinge on your emotion of collecting the car at all? Were you, were you thinking, oh, this is just fantastic? And do you know what? I know it's been a long time and there's been two price hikes, but I'm so chuffed to have this car. Or did it tinge that experience slightly? I think it tinged it a little bit, but um, really the excitement of getting it after waiting so long, my wife said, thank God you've got the car because you won't be talking about it. <laughs> 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 so she was delighted that the car was uh, was uh, received, um, but it, it is. Um, I drove it at uh, the Silverstone Port Experience, and I, what I'd say about the turbo is, uh, I had a nine nine one Gen one beforehand, uh, Carrera two S, and this is significantly faster. I mean, so really quite mind blowing. Um, the, tur the turbo is just quite mind-blowing um, and it's, it's really great um, I'm still running it in so I've done 158 miles on it so no no uh, no um, <laughs> no launch controllers yet but I'm delighted with it and uh, I think people actually realize I just haven't had the 991 gen 1 wrapped in a blue instead of a gate gray but uh, <laughs> perhaps, yes I'm, I'm really excited about it but um, I once uh, ordered a Noble uh, M12 GTO, awesome. and that took two years. And I actually said I'll never wait that long, but ended up waiting as good as 18 months. Uh, 
and really this this you know people that don't understand say i wouldn't have that i tell them i don't know what to tell them you know uh, you just have to sit and wait um, yeah. but uh, yes um, and and of course the other comment was well if you're paying that much money what discount did you get yeah. uh, when i finished laughing uh, <laughs> yes uh, yes yeah it's not work like well, that, i'm afraid at least you've got it now michael and, yeah. and you've certainly got many 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 hundreds and thousands of awesome miles ahead of you so best of luck with that has and to I'm, be said. Sh- I'm sure yeah. mrs rutt's looking forward to different conversations about that about it yeah, I, I now, now that you've got it that, you can uh, talk about other things with her yeah brilliant the, the funniest thing was that um obviously i had to pay for pay for it and uh i went into nationwide and they said well you can you can pay you know i'm buying a new car i want to pay for it i want to do it well and she said, or oh, you can pay £10,000 a day for your car. I said, <laughs> that'll take me a fortnight to do. And the lady nearly passed out. But we won't go into I'm noticing a lot of love for Gentian Blue, actually, as we're, as we're going through and talking talking to everyone. I know Jim Bullen's gone off the call. His, his um, C2S was Gentian. It's a lovely colour. Fab- fabulous colour. We did look at paint to sample uh, and mrs rutt mrs r chose 10 colors from the uh, portfolio i chose 10 colors and guess what we had 20 different colors <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so uh gentian blue it was <laughs> gentian blue seems to be a bit of a british thing marie and i were at the factory uh two and a half weeks ago and we got the car in two weeks and we actually saw the car in the production line which is rather rare and the guide actually said it was easy to spot because he went hunting it because in the factory gentian blue is not a common color which i was quite Ooh. taken aback at and going yeah. by tonight's conversation it must be us brits like a blue that's super interesting it has yeah. to be said yeah yeah again great intel great intel mike so thanks for that um the common colors are black silver gray white lovely it's the early 2000s all over again <laughs> uh yeah so sb says in the comments uh delivery depends on the 992 model you chose and the allocation the dealer has uh, I was offered a turbo much quicker than a turbo S and Cabriolet models much quicker than coupes. Super interesting. I'd love to know how it all works. I think that's something for us to go away and see if we can find out as a group, really, because that that kind of, I think, actually would help people with their decisions, really, as if, you know, a certain decision would impact on the time it takes for the car to be delivered. I think it probably would be me. I think I'd get quite impatient. And I think it's just pot luck. Things. Pot you, luck. Well, this is it. I'd love to know how it, how it works and and how they allocate, you know, certain cars for production on a certain day of a certain yeah. week of a certain month well, you, th- you know you think about it if you if somebody's ordered a turbo that's got a particular color seat in it and that color seat um the factory that makes it has got has had a few people off at covid that day <laughs> you've missed your little production slot haven't you so you know it's total pot luck and this there's a million well not a million there's a, a a few thousand parts that go into your car so any one of those de- parts that could be delayed will affect your delivery so michael there is probably you know i got the wrong bolt on uh holding his radiator in or something like that and that's the thing that's held it up by, by a few months it's just been very unlucky i did do a, sorry 
fitness, I did do a fair bit of work. I rang 21 uh, Porsche dealers and said, if I ordered, if I put uh, expressive interest down today for a turbo, what number on my list, on your list? And uh, Porsche Leicester said number three, which was the lowest number. But the only thing is, I don't know, I was the 18th number three or the first. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Nigel, when you said that your car was like four and a half months early, just going off what Andy said there, which is interesting, food for thought, um, you know, what was the spec of yours? Was it was it quite like a, a basic spec or was it quite extensive and trying to just trying to work out a pattern? No, it, it, it's a C2S um, in crayon um spec up probably with around about 25 grams of options i suspect wow, okay. the options that we've talked about uh, but not the not the rear axle steer which i'm now kicking myself over okay oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy a, a four and a half month old 992 <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so no so uh, i don't know why it came early when my my first 992 because i always thought i'd keep it for two years and then swap it um and I put the deposit down for, for the new one back in, I think it was November last year, maybe November last year. And they said, oh, you'll get it in December. So approaching now, the 23rd of December, they said I'd have it, the new one. And then they rang me up in about March time and said, look, we need to lock the spec in. Um, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll get it for you in, in, in late July. Oh, okay. um, and they'd already been on, in touch with me to say, because I put the order back in, in November last year, that there's going to be the price hike, which is about, I think, not dissimilar what Michael was saying. Um, I mean, it's not a turbo, but I think they were still going up by about £4,000, something like four or five grand. And they said, but don't worry, because we've already got locks in, it, it won't go up. So I don't know, in terms of the spec, um, it's crane, it's got, um, it's got platinum satin wheels to it. It's got sort of, you know, black crane stitching inside. It's got a steel sunroof. It's got the matrix headlights. It's got, you know, lots of nice toys on it, uh, but nothing special for a, for a, a 911, 992 gen. Hmm. You know, it's not a GT3, it's not a turbo, turbo, it's anything like that. Uh, maybe it was just purely the, the, the luck of the draw. The, the other thing I was going to say about um, allocation things, and, and again, I heard this from, from Porsche was that if you sort of when they were bringing the the GTS out or now with the the T um, that if you get those they've already made an allocation of them so if you suddenly turn around and say that what I want is the GTS rather than the C2S C4S whatever it is you've got a better chance of getting those because they've just launched it they've already got an allocation I don't know that's sort of a myth or there's some truth in it I, I struggle that one Nigel I Mine's GTS, and I've been waiting fifteen. Oh, I've been. Yeah, it's eighteen, it's been eighteen months. Yeah, uh, fine. Yeah, pro probably over the myth. Uh, the best thing about tonight, by the way, apart from lots of Porsche chat, is that to, to meet another few Nigels. It's great to see a few more Nigels because we're dying. <laughs> so I tell you, I welcome this chat. <laughs> oh, yeah, really. How many great. Nigels have we got in the room then? <laughs> I think we had about three or four earlier. I, I saw three was... earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there was there was a um, there's a pub apparently somewhere up in the North Cotswolds that did a Nigel night about sort of six seven weeks ago. <laughs> it's absolutely, uh, and they got about two hundred Nigels together. So um, I, I'll, Nigel, I'll let you know when it next happens. Sounds like a driving <laughs> experience. Yeah, please do that. 
Fantastic. Very good. <laughs> but just to be clear, just to be clear, I would not go in my son's Ibiza and need my car to be delivered because I'm not driving to the Cotswolds in an Ibiza. We're not doing that. <laughs> 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 uh, cracking. All right, then. Brilliant. Well, look, I think it'd be nice to finish off with um, a question again to the group. So, uh, and I know this, you know, the, the rational side to quote kind of what Tim mentioned at the top of the chat is is the money side and, and, the, and the financial side that is unique to everybody. Uh, so maybe putting that to one side, it'd be interesting to know if your 992 is your forever 911 or certainly if in let's go for three years time, you expect to still own the 992 that you currently do or you'll go on to something else, whether it be the next 911 or or you'll go backwards to a, to a, to a classic. Just before, sorry, jumping in rather rudely, so before you do, I, I got invited to take part in a Porsche, uh, which took about half an hour to go through a survey. And I think what was interesting that is to, they said, if you were to get your, the question very similar to yours, but they went through a number of options. If it was a, um, if it was internal combustion engine, would you have it? If it was hybrid, would you have it? If it was all electric? And to my mind, that's probably what would determine whether I would have another 911. If they could turn around and said it was all electric, I'd walk away from the from the mark tomorrow. If it was an ice, you know, if it was internal combustion, I'd have one. And if it's hybrid, I'd probably have one. But I don't know whether that sort of gives people a bit of food for thought on the back of that. Mm. Mm. I'm with you, Nigel. I'm probably in the same boat as you there. Yeah, I, I personally feel like the 911 will be one of the last cars on planet Earth uh, rolling around with an internal combustion engine. Porsche's sinking so much money and investment into uh, e-fuels and everything else. And I think it knows how important an engine is to the soul of a 911 for exactly the reasons that you point out, Nigel, is you know to have what will be next year 60 years of lineage of that sports car. To, to just turn into pure electrification that will be the death knell of, of the model and, and and 911 sits central to everything porsche as a company does so um it is a really interesting point there away from from those sentiments what what what's everybody else think you know so in three years time can you still see yourself owning the the 992 you do now or would it be a next one or would, are you tempted to go like i say to towards uh the past and previous models no, i'll go first on that one mate um I actually specced our GTS with my son. Um, so we decided that we were going to buy this together and I'll have it first. And then when I'm too old to get into it because I can't get down to the ground, it becomes his. So that's, uh, yeah. so it's a, it was a family forever choice. So it was a father, son, specced it. Fantastic. Oh, Nigel, nice. you're, I've got a feeling you're going to get a Zimmer frame for Christmas or something. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> Just speed the process up. <laughs> if I if I was your boy, I'd be doing that. Hey, Alice. <laughs> Yeah, mind he doesn't push you down the stairs, Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you set yourself up for a right wrong end, don't you? Oh, dear. Fantastic. Yeah. That's a really nice sentiment, though, to be fair. Like, yeah. as a father yeah. and son pairing, that's absolutely but, superb. If I can just add to that, Lee, just, just, in, in, just indulge me a second. The other thing that I was properly impressed by was we are also customers at Porsche Centre Nottingham, and they treated Daniel as part of the customer as well. You know, despite the fact he's a you know young younger man, um, they, they were they gave him all the respect that, that he was due as a customer, and I was I was really blown away by that. Fantastic, good, good to hear. Superb. Yeah, and it's nice and nice to hear some like positivity around dealerships as well. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah thanks. 
Thanks. There are some good ones out there. I think it's the luck of the draw. But if you land on a good one, good one, yeah, it's worth sticking with. Yeah. I, I think. I think certainly, as far as I'm concerned, um, I think I'm. I think this nine nine two car we've got at the moment, GT three. I think that may well be our last one potentially, because I'm just concerned that come the next iterations of them, the car's going to be that much more complicated, and there's going to be so much more technology to almost try and match what we've got today that I'm just worried that the next generation car, is it going to be that much better or is it going to be compromised to try and meet all the requirements for emissions and whatever? And I just think this might be, like the question you asked earlier on, the ultimate point in terms of development before things have to be adjusted to make compromises, basically. Mm. Yeah, really interesting, Ian. I've got to say, you're in a good position to tap out. 992 touring. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, is it? <laughs> I, I think just to add to that, I think if, let's ho- let's hope Andreas Preuninger carries on because he's he's done an amazing job. And I think you look at those cars, and you know, I, I can't see them bettering the car that I've got. Mm. I, I wouldn't want an RS because you couldn't put your case in the front. So Mrs. Davis wouldn't want to come with me if I. If she had put her clothes in a bin bag through the roll cage, she might not like that. But... I think, Martin, you're supposed to hook your coat hangers over the spoiler at the back. <laughs> clothes would blow away. Yeah. <laughs> Joking aside, I think yeah, that's the only the only reason I'd change it. But at the moment, I can't see changing it. I, I Mine's not a garage queen. I had it since May. I've done nearly 5,000 miles in it, and it's fantastic. It's, awesome. So I think they're great cars. And I, I, as I said earlier, I think they're all good. I think it depends what you want from them. There's a model for yeah. everybody, isn't there? Is it there 32 different models now of the 992? Mm. Well, I counted 26, Andy. I'm sure I heard 32 mentioned by somebody the other day. can't remember yeah. whether that was on a podcast somewhere. Or, yeah, 32. I think oh. they, when they were talking about the Dakar, that that was, became the 32nd variant of the 992 which is just outrageous isn't it there's so many really yeah Yeah. and that i think that's such an important part because someone earlier said the special cars like the turbo s and the gt3 wonderful as they are i think every 992 is special and especially with the supply you've got because you can buy the car that suits you and what you need to do with it and a gt3 wonderful but it's no use to me neither is a turbo so i i I just like the fact i I was very taken with the fact that he said the center tachograph has disappeared that was my desperation in ordering a car i wanted 992.1 because that was my fear as uh, one of the gents was saying earlier i think it was ian is that yeah i think if if it goes too much high in the technology it's doing away from what i'm looking for in a car not yeah. Uh, what's the thought of people with the the new nine nine twos that have obviously recently been la- um, launched and announced? That's the the T and the Dakar. What do people think? Anybody getting got an order in? Anybody wish they had an order in? I um I said for a long time in as a nine nine two fan from the get go that when the T came along, I was going to move. Helen High Water to get one. And I did actually get a message from, from my OPC because I'd obviously talked about it so much that they'd picked up on it. And they said, look, if you, if you want one, you know, you can have one, but I just can't afford it. Yeah. Unfortunately, which is a real shame because I was, I was adamant that I was going to, you know, it was going to happen. Damn it. 
but but it isn't going to but yeah i'd like a tea if i well, could the, the, you know the things that won't help is um you know on porsche finance at the moment it's up to 11.9 percent apr um <laughs> i believe it was 8.9 percent only a few weeks ago so and then and in a few months that might look like a good deal yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean it's yeah it's uh, there's there's that side of it which you know you, you have to consider yeah I think the three of us are in agreement that the tea is really exciting to us, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, does Does anybody else on the call find the tea? If if, I, if, I, if mine was my daily driver as well as my weekend car, I, I think I'd go for a tea. I think yeah. I think a good all rounder, isn't it? It's got a bit of everything. Yeah. I saw Nigel shaking his head like, "No, it's not for me." My GTS, well, yeah. the fabled GTS hasn't arrived yet. That <laughs> that's the one for you. Yeah, it's, I'm plus 50. I want to, I think it's got the, a bit more refinement than it. <laughs> Shame it's not a narrow body, though. Absolutely. Yes, agree yeah. with that. I, yeah, no I know those thing, days are gone, but no point. Yeah, it is It is a shame. Uh, SB, would you still buy a T and PDK? Uh, I personally wouldn't. No, uh, I wouldn't. Be, yeah, I, don't, I, I think for me if i was to get a tea and we've spoken about this recently on a, on another episode of the podcast that the tea in particular with regards to the 991 was very spec dependent and mm. resale values that's reflected and uh for me i think if you're gonna get a tea I'll, I'll just kind of go as purist as possible uh but that's that's what would suit my lifestyle for for, for the next man or, or woman it yeah. might be a completely different scenario and that's fine but for me personally it would be a no what, what about you andy and max i did because i did when when the um when the opc got in touch with me i, I did couldn't resist a little go on the configurator, <laughs> the configurator. just to see just to see <laughs> one of your and... daily sessions <laughs> i don't go on as much as you think that i do honestly. are you sure are yeah you yeah sure? no honestly okay. honestly um and i did go but you do my... send through one every day no <laughs> <laughs> i did go manual um on the configurator you can't spec bucket seats or ceramic brakes on the t at the moment um I, I left it with rear seat delete but lee i did put a sunroof on it but a metal <laughs> sunroof not a pano not a pano okay not a glass roof i like a sunroof what can i say i'll tell you what actually the 992 which is piquing my interest at the moment is at uh porsche center bournemouth everyone to go on and have a look it's uh it's a non-s carrera in night blue metallic which must be pts it's got uh black and bordeaux red interior and border red's actually really nice it's not like the old garnet red uh it's got the small wheels it's got a sunroof but not a lot of other options sports seats really really lovely car if i if i could i'd be tempted to swap out of mine into that <laughs> sounds nice sounds nice yeah uh, any any uh comment on the dakar i know susan was asking about the dakar have you got to a... see susan in a dakar i think she should get yeah one. only yeah. because You're... we didn't ask someone who's who's managed to get a deposit on one Oh really? Yes, I don't know whether it's Chester or Edinburgh, but yeah. they're paying his money this week, um, but not giving him a date. Okay. Was was there difficulty in in getting a deposit for it? I, you know, he's got he's got a nice collection of cars, so I don't think he has any difficulty with his dealers. You know, I think they just kind of want to give him a car as soon as he turns up and goes through the door. Oh, please, right, okay. Yeah, we'd we'd spoken on a on a previous episode of the podcast, I think two weeks ago, and we were saying that because uh, it is it's limited to two and a half thousand cars, which I I 
I'm quite amused by that, really, because that's a lot of cars to me. Um, so I was kind of wondering if if there would be the appetite to fulfil that number of cars, particularly in this country where, uh, I don't know, we, again, we'd said it, I think I'm sure they'll sell bucket loads of them in the States and in the Middle East, but over here, the concept feels a little bit superfluous unless you own a... Uh, a big old farm or something so yeah i, I you know I, I have read something that uh somewhere that been ringing up to ask about a dakar that they're, they're all gone yeah i bet they are i'd like one i think they're cool as part yeah. of a collection of course i don't think i'd have it as my only 911 although where i live in buckinghamshire uh where hs2 is uh you know scorching the landscape at the moment it would probably be the best 911 um for me to be honest okay all right then well look, i think uh on on that note we'll wrap things up so we'd love to say ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for joining us for this week's episode of nine works radio we do of course encourage you to go and take a look at nineworks.co.uk sign up it's free there's lots going on there across podcast video written articles events cars for sale and parts available as well so go and have a look um yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to, to you guys and girls as owners of the 992 it's your real world experience that we're really grateful to be able to pass on yeah, to everybody else listening to the podcast so thank you for your time thanks to mark bridger for for sorting this conversation out as well this evening much appreciated <laughs> yeah yes, thank, thank you mark. thank you mark for bringing it together as a aspirational 992 owner it's been really really good to meet you all and really interesting to chat to you thank you Thanks, guys. Pleasure meeting you, Andy, Max, and of course, Lee, and everybody on the call. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you all. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Thank you. Bye then. Bye. Well, gents, there we go. I found that quite interesting, particularly because I was expecting a little bit of a 992 loving among the owners there. But for me, it didn't quite happen. Maybe the uh, reputation or love for the car was kind of sullied by uh, extended production times, problems with haptics and rattles and, and everything else, and maybe a bit of like too much digitization and, and technological creep. Yeah, it was general feel like that, wasn't there? It was, um, there was some love for certain features, wasn't there? Yeah. But, yeah, but uh, generally it was, um, yeah, a bit of problems here and there. and But I think, I think what really came down to was that there is a, a 992 for everyone. In yeah. fact, um, even for maybe us, you know, we, we still feel the love for the, for the tea, don't we? Mm. So yeah, there is a, a, a one for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite funny. Cause just like on it, well, everyone's hit, you, you always back your own horse, don't you really? So, you know, yeah. your, your, your 911 is the best one or whatever. And certainly historically, we haven't, whenever we've done anything in Total 911 magazine, if we've done a head to head test, whatever car hasn't come out as the most favorable option or whatever, we'll always get emails in from people saying, I completely disagree with your writer there. Um, <laughs> this and that and blah, blah, blah. And as you're reading this, you know, absolute essay, you're just thinking, well, what colour's yours then? And then it will say at the bottom, I happen to own XYZ, <laughs> you know, which, you know, is great. It's, it's great that people are so passionate about the cars they own. And, and I was kind of expecting a little bit of that, or a lot of it, actually, with with, with the 992 there. But quite quite interesting that a lot of the the, the owners there, and the, yeah, they, I don't know, I would say some satisfied, but some kind of not as well. Yeah, really interesting. Well, really interesting. Maybe... Maybe it proves that the 992, certainly in non-GT form, maybe it isn't as emotive as, as 911s that have gone before. 
Uh, you know, there were some comments about people who've moved forward through, you know, 991's point one and two into 992 and, you know, talking yeah, about the, love of the, the emotion of the drivetrain yeah. and that kind of thing. Obviously, yeah. that didn't come across, you know, there were a couple of different frustrations with the GT cars, but generally the guys, you know, there were two 992 touring owners on there um, and a bit of frustration aside, they, they, you know, they look pretty happy with themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, may, maybe it proves that it's not as a an emotive a car as, as 911s have been previously. An interesting question for you both, and it's probably a question I should have put to the 992 group there, is do you feel like the gap between the Carrera models and the GT models is greater than ever before or more marginal than ever before? Hmm. I, think uh, I think greater. I think they're quite different, different cars. So, yeah. you know, the GT side of things that's become more edgy isn't it more racy and the the other cars have become more mellow or mm. not mellow uh, more isolated so yeah i think i think that there's probably a bigger gap between the two than there has been before certainly the you know the mechanical specification or the number of transferable parts I bet is smaller between a 992 C2S and a 992 GT3 than between a 991 C2S and a 992 GT3. I think probably, you know, because the, you know, the French suspension design is fundamentally different. Yeah. Isn't it? So, you know, it is. Yeah. I, I think, I think the gap probably is wider. Well, that's what it. Do you you think? Know. Well, no, I, I was going to say, I agree entirely with the sentiments that you two have just said there like entirely um which is kind of quite worrying i think really but like you're you're, you're right max you know front axle engine gearbox is completely different it is it is a completely different car and prior to this conversation tonight's conversation i hadn't realized actually I, in, in my mind the, the gap had narrowed Really, where like you know the prowess or the the proposed or supposed prowess of the GTS is meant to bridge that gap a bit more. But actually, as as uh, in a video that I've done on NineWorks TV, we discuss the GTS concept as more of a turbo light car now rather than that kind of gap between C2S and GT3. But for for some reason, subconsciously maybe I've always thought no, no, the gap's quite you know, and oh the Carrera T's come out as a baby GT3 or whatever. But actually, yeah. I think that's just a bit of a plaster on the on the the wound or the problem really that actually yeah i think that gap is widening between the carrera or certainly the gt cars and the non-gt cars yes yeah 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 it's a good point maybe another thing as well and this will be highlighted when we get to spread the love because of what i'm going to talk about there but you know people who buy <clears> gt <throat> cars and this came through on the call as well are uh disposed towards perhaps going on tracks and driving their cars hard and you know and, and unlocking some of that gt feel from the car and that experience but you know a bogo carrera or a c2s is hugely capable and if you never take mm. that car on a track because that's not why you've bought it that's not your thing or it doesn't seem like that kind of car then maybe you're never going to unlock that you know amazing experience that the car can can deliver on track yeah yeah and, and again max you know is as we've all said at various points on this episode, there really is a 911 out there for everybody. Yeah. That, that highlights it completely. Yeah. Um, we, we'll do spread the love. Before we do it, we just want to say a big group uh, shout out to the new Mr. and Mrs. Pressland 
So oh, and yes, I yesterday went to uh, Paul's wedding, Paul and Gemma's wedding. Uh, they were Paul's on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, as you as you well know, you'll remember listening to, I'm sure. Uh, the creator of Goatworks Racing, a real kind of staunch supporter of everything Nineworks based and, and a Nineworks Patreon. It was a real pleasure to to be invited to that wedding and it was great wasn't it andy to rock up and see the wedding car was a 959 (laughs) yeah fantastic really pretty cool so yeah uh, mr and mrs presland big congratulations there and yeah uh, yeah congratulations guys yeah congrats cool so we're spreading the love what we're saying this week gents well i'll go shall i sing as i've teased it you Uh, have already i'm going into andy's domain uh this week i'm on youtube and uh i'm talking about a new video that's come up on the fifth gear youtube channel uh oh, fifth, fifth gear is 20 years old so they're they're doing some comparisons between you know a current current model and the model they drove 20 years ago there's a really inter- interesting video that jason plato's done with a 996 turbo and a and a base model 992 carrera oh that sounds good um and you know he's a you know a 911 long time owner Plato is, you know, he's had loads of turbos. Um, and, you know, he clearly really enjoys the 996 and it's really interesting. To, you know, it's good to see him sort of thrumming that around the track. But then he gets in the 992 Bogo Carrera and he leathers it around the track and loves it. You know, absolutely loves it. And is, nice. you know, in his cock hoop about what a brilliant car it is. And I, I watched that with great interest, thinking about the people who say, I don't like this. I don't like that. No, is not this. It's not that. It's just a fast golf, all that sort of thing. You watch Plato giving that thing hell around the track. <laughs> Tell me it's not brilliant. Good. I like the sound of that. I'm going to go and have a watch of that now, I think. Yeah. Good. Have you got a spread the lovely? My spread the love this week is hopefully going to help a few people out. It's for rare car finance and their products. So as we've just discussed with the 992 guys and girls, the APR on Porsche Finance currently, as we speak, is 11.9%. I'm reliably informed it's going up to 12.9% next week. So very possibly by the time you're listening to this, 129 It was 8.9% only a few weeks ago. It seems to be going up and up and up week by week. If, therefore, you have a car on finance and the agreement is going to be coming to an end within the next year or so, you might want to look at refinancing early to beat the price rise. I recommend Rare Car Finance. We work closely uh, with those guys here at Nineworks. And the reason why we work closely with those guys is because Rare Car Finance rely on a panel of lenders to get you the very best deal in the specialist car market. It's a really good alternative to main dealer financing right now, to be quite honest with you. So hit the guys up, have a chat with Jonathan or Gerard there at rarecarfinance.com. And hopefully you can save a few pounds in the long run. Well, I, I've been a bit remiss this week and I've not um, done any uh, sort of research for Spread the Love. So I'm sat here in my garage thinking, what am I going to, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And this thing has come to my hand. This thing <laughs> is fantastic. What What is it? I can see what it's is it? That is it. It's, it's a Makita um, inflator, air inflator for your tyres. So it's... Um, it's a battery, the same as a you know Makita drill, uh-huh. and uh, okay, he's near it. Pumps up the tires is just the best. So yeah, I would suggest going out and getting one of these. It's a Makita. Uh, 
what do they call it tire inflator it's a, a dmp 180 go get yourself one recommended <laughs> brooks recommends it <laughs> ho- ho- hopefully next week but we'll be sponsored by makita yeah, looking forward it. to mine arriving yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. My, brilliant yeah. chaps okay uh do we i've got a couple of patreon updates if that's all right wicked uh we've got a new patreon called will woods hello will um he joined us this week uh what does he say he's, he's got a 996 c4 that he recently bought um it's a bit like me spent years wishing he'd bought a 9 911 um it's finally got around to it and is loving it Oh, yes, of course, um, Will's an art teacher, isn't he? That's right. That's correct, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah really good-looking silver 996, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, Didn't he? Nice. He posted up a picture of himself in some amazing gear on the on the WhatsApp oh, some group. Some fantastic knitwear. Yeah. Loved yeah. it. Loved Seri- it, Will. Serious PTS knitwear. scarf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some amazing trainers. Yeah, so welcome, Will. Really good to have you along. Yes. Um, one of our older uh, patrons, Tyler, over in the US, he's in um illinois if i remember rightly tyler um has come back and joined us uh been away for a little while but uh, great to have you back and we have another new patron which is ed large uh edward large um i don't know your details so yeah um reply to my message and tell us a bit about you and uh i'll give you a shout out next week but uh, great to have you on board and as always great to have everybody on board all of our current patrons absolutely, yeah. absolutely fantastic yeah. um really enjoying the chitter chatter on the, the whatsapp group and lots of good su- subjects coming up really enjoyable yeah absolutely absolutely tip top this podcast is endorsed by the nine works marketplace tailored for enthusiasts this is your first port of call for buying quality porsche sports cars from trusted dealers with warranty finance and independent inspections all available we've got an absolute beauty for this week's car of the week because we are big big Big, big fans of this car. Um, and no, it's not a 911 for once on this sacred podcast. Uh, it's a 987 Cayman R, which we're all massive fans of, as I say. Um, it is PDK. It's got a mega, mega, mega spec to it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's got a mega spec to it. Um, it has to be said. Uh, sport bucket, sport chrono plus, uh, sports exhaust, 19 inch spider wheels mileage is 37 700 it's up for 43995 to me that is absolutely outstanding value for a proper firecracker of a car in the sub 50k category uh, to be honest yeah. in terms of like outright performance and car for the money i can't really think of a lot better with a porsche crest on its nose that's uh, lovely isn't it and they're the right wheels as well they're the super light wheels aren't they so they're the ones that you want on this car oh, i love I the interior that. as well yeah the um the uh exterior color detailing on the inside is really nice as well the white on the center console and the dash as well with the bucket seats it looks super trick yeah yeah there's there's a lot of love out there for these right now it has to be said they don't really come up for sale too often either so that's a that's a real gem it's for sale at the moment with rpm technic you can take a look on the nine works marketplace or just get in contact with rpm technic direct yeah it's got proper headlights as well it's got trick headlights with dynamic cornering it's got all the bits lovely all, all the bits stuff it comes it comes max recommended <laughs> he's been doing the configurator on it hasn't he yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely that's no, it's, it's a cracking car of the week that one so yeah 
definitely get on it before we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents, I, I think that's it for today's uh, 992 Fest. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Enjoyed. Good, yeah. to, good to hear some information about 992s yeah. from the horse's mouths, as it were. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, thanks to the guys and girls at the 992 Register of Porsche Club GB for joining the chat today. Yeah, thank and you. Uh, as always with you guys, always a pleasure, never a chore. Your little tag, tagline, I love it. See you now. <laughs> See ya. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Patreons. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to join them in supporting us, you can do so at patreon.com slash nineworksradio. Radio.